You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for this latest broadcast, the final broadcast in our Miracle School series. And I thank you for all of the miracle workers that are joining me today. I thank you that that's exactly the truth about them, Father. Thank you that they have been recreated in Christ for supernatural works. They have been recreated, Father, to do the same works as Jesus and even greater works than Jesus because Jesus is alive in them. And so, Father, today, as we dive into this podcast, I pray that you will open our eyes, open the eyes of our understanding, enlighten them, Father, so that we can see ourselves the way that we truly are, Father, that we would know the hope of our calling and that we would not judge ourselves after the flesh, Father. We would not see a mere human being when we look in the mirror, Father, but we would see a new creation. We would see someone who is the very temple of the Holy Spirit, who is filled with the fullness of the Godhead, that has the same anointing on them that was on Jesus, the same Holy Spirit dwelling upon them, dwelling in them, flowing through them, God, as Jesus did. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world, Father. So wake us up today. Open our ears, Father. Uh, Give us revelation and understanding in a way that we can get it so that we can step into whatever situations we may find ourselves in, Father. We can speak to storms. We can speak to mountains. We will speak to lack, Father. We will speak to sickness, Father. We will do uh, miracles, God. We will be miracle workers in the midst of contradictions, in the midst of situations where heaven is not manifesting. And I just thank you, Father, that you go with us, that you uh, are in us, and that you are leading us, Holy Spirit, to confront whatever giant may be in our path. And so I bless this podcast today. I bless every single person that's watching and listening, God. And I thank you for the miraculous testimonies that are going to come forth as a result of people listening to this today. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, awesome, you guys. We are here for our last episode. If you haven't watched the first three, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to those. In fact, in the last one that I did, Uh, We actually had some words of knowledge at the end of uh, the broadcast, and I called out a bunch of healing words of knowledge for people. So I'm just uh, uh, expecting for folks to even be healed as they're listening to those episodes. But today, as we wrap things up, what I really wanted to do today is I wanted to help you uh, in developing an identity Uh, of a miracle worker. I wanted to really speak to you today about how you can step into the true self, the capital S, that is Christ in you so that you are no longer intimidated when you encounter a situation that is requires a miracle, but yet you will step up to the plate and hit a home run. You will knock it out of the ballpark every single time in the name of Jesus and be a releaser of heaven on earth, be a manifester of heaven on earth. And so let's jump off today, revisiting our foundation scripture for this series in John chapter 14, verse 12. And today I'm just going to hop right into that scripture. I'm not going to read. uh, I've been reading a little bit around that in other uh, uh, episodes, but today we're just going to jump right in. Okay. And in verse number 12 in John 14, here's what it says. It says, I tell you, and this is Jesus talking. I tell you this timeless truth. I'm reading in the passion translation today. It says the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, 
will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. Now, what was immediately highlighted to me when I read this um, was that when we are following Jesus in faith, meaning that we are following Jesus, he's invisible, right? So we're having to follow him because we are believing in something that we can't see. Okay, so that's what it means to have faith, right? You have faith and you believe in something that you can't see. It says here, and follows me in faith, believing in me. And the first thing I want to say is the key to developing the identity of a miracle worker is that you need to believe in Jesus. Okay, now I'm not just saying believe that Jesus went to the cross and believe, believe that Jesus is the savior of the world and believe, you know, this generic thing about Jesus. You need to believe that Jesus is a miracle worker. You need to believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You need to exalt Jesus. Jesus is the name in which we are doing miracles by. He is the name above every name. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He's King of Kings. And this person of Jesus Christ, the Christ that is resurrected from the dead, is alive in you. And so you are believing something specific as a miracle worker. You are believing in the power of the name of Jesus. You are exalting Jesus, what Jesus has accomplished. You're exalting his miracle working ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're believing not in yourself as a miracle worker, not in your faith to have the right faith. No, you are believing that you are one with Jesus and that Jesus is alive in you, that Jesus is alive in general. And that he is more powerful than anything that has ever been created, anything that we will ever face. Jesus Christ is has the victory over it, has already uh, won the war against it, whatever the contradiction is, and that he is the one that is speaking through you when you speak the name of Jesus. Okay, now I'm going to go over to the uh, mirror translation uh, and read this to you. And it says it just a little different, but I think it is a good way to, to, to talk about it. In verse 12, it says, I want you to be fully convinced <clears throat> about this. Okay, that's what I'm talking about here. I want you to be fully convinced that Jesus is alive in you. I want you to be fully convinced of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want you to be fully convinced as a miracle worker that Jesus is more powerful than whatever it is the circumstance, the situation that needs to be transformed, that Jesus is the creator of all things, that he is the word of God. He was with God in the beginning. And when God said, let there be light, right? Jesus was those words. He is the incarnate word of God. And the word of God is alive in you. Jesus Christ is alive in you. And so in order to be a miracle worker, you need to be fully convinced of this. And sometimes we don't feel fully convinced of that. But let me tell you, when you start speaking the name of Jesus and you shift your focus onto Jesus, when you are speaking to sickness or you're speaking to lack or you're speaking to a circumstance, let me tell you what, when you recognize that Jesus Christ has the authority over whatever you're speaking to and you focus and 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 concentrate on him, not the situation, not the fact that, you know, it's a, a terminal diagnosis, not the fact that, you know, your bank account is in overdraft, not in, in, in the situation, you know, because those things can seem like giants. They can seem like really big problems that there's no natural solution to. But Jesus has everything that you would ever need to overcome anything. His name 
is recognized by all of creation. The creator is recognized by cancer. It's recognized by lack. It's recognized by a storm. It's recognized by a fig tree. The name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus and the lordship and the the uh, a supremacy of Jesus. Creation knows who Jesus is. Creation knows its creator. And so when you are speaking to something, speaking to a storm, and by the way, miracle workers speak, death and life are in the power of our tongue. And we see over and over and over again, how Jesus used words, how the father spoke words in the beginning to transform the situation, to bring the healing, to bring, uh, to bless the bread, right? To uh, tell uh, a command for the servants to uh, bring the water pots, right? Words were the transmitter of heaven to earth. They were the transmitter of God's faith, not our faith, but God's faith into the situation. And, and what I'm saying today is that we just need to be fully persuaded and we need to elevate and exalt the name of Jesus if we are going to work miracles in a situation. It's really about becoming completely unself-aware, it's about losing uh, your awareness of a self that operates or exists independent from Jesus, because that's an illusion. It's a lie. And so we want to step into that place of oneness. We want to step into that place of our union with Jesus before we open up our mouth. And we want to uh, acknowledge Jesus. And we want to come into that place of union with Jesus, trusting that the Holy Spirit knows the words to speak. Holy Spirit has the gifts of the Spirit to give you in that situation as we focus on him. Okay. It says, I want you to be fully convinced about this. Anyone whose belief concludes in who I am. Okay. Let me say it again. Anyone whose belief concludes in who I am will also do the works that I do. Okay, this is exactly what I'm saying, that our belief is concluding in who Jesus is. Yes, it's concluding in who we are in Christ, but as he is, so are we. So this is a oneness in this. You know, Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the father. His belief was concluded and who he was in the sense that who he was, was one with the father. And so this, this, this focus on Jesus and apart from this self that really doesn't exist except as a figment in your imagination is what causes that belief. It's what, what you, when you focus on that, it causes that awareness to rise up within you. And when we do that, here's the promise. Jesus is saying, it's a timeless truth. It says in the Passion Translation that you will do the same works that I do. You know, this illusion of separation is why we don't see as, as, as good of results or as miraculous of results as we would like to see. Because if we're honest, a lot of times when we're speaking to something, we're speaking to a mountain, we're speaking to sickness, we're speaking to, uh, to uh, lack, we're speaking to a situation where we know that there, there's a miracle is needed. A lot of times we have a, a poor self-image of ourselves and we are more focused on us, we're more, more focused on our faith. We're, we're aware of our doubt. And that doubt is arising from the same question that the enemy told Jesus in the wilderness, right? Our, if you are the son of God, prove it, right? So there's this doubt that rises up because we're not sure about who we are, who Christ is in us. And we, we, we suffer under this illusion of separation from God. You know, I broke out, I've broken out the, uh, the, the reflection doll many times on this broadcast because it's, it's, I, I do that to remind you that you are not down here on earth, right? Let me open this thing up. 
you know, and get two of you here, but you're not down here on earth while God is up in heaven trying to decide if he's going to answer your prayer or not. Trying to decide if, oh, is, am I going to heal this one? Oh, am I going to release the inheritance of Christ in, in uh, prosperity in this situation? Oh, what is, what is my, you know, what is my will concerning the situation? No, God's will is always heaven on earth and he's put heaven inside of you. So heaven is on earth. And guess what? You're the representation of Jesus's body on, on the earth. You are uh, Jesus's hands and feet. And so God is in you. You are the divine uh, expression of God's glory. When you look in the mirror, you are looking at the face of Jesus in your body, right? You are a unique expression of God. And so this whole separation is where the doubt comes from, right? We, we, we operate many times out of an identity that is separate from Jesus, and so we think, oh, we're powerless. We think, oh, who are we to be a miracle worker? Oh my gosh, this is a giant, right? How am I supposed to face this giant? Well, the greater one lives in you. The greater one who has overcome the world lives inside of you. And so to be a miracle worker means that we are developing an awareness of our oneness with Jesus. So let me finish reading this scripture really quick. And uh, then we're going to hop into a couple of things to help you develop that self-image and to help you really focus on Jesus. It says, um, I'll just start at the beginning again here in the mirror translation. It says, I want you to be fully convinced about this. Anyone whose belief concludes in who I am will also do the works that I do. This is a matter of fact statement. Okay. Your belief concludes in who Jesus is. It says, and because of my relocation to continue to be face to face with my father's father, okay, meaning because he's been resurrected from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God, and because you've been resurrected from the dead through his resurrection, and you've ascended to the right hand of God, okay, he says, my works will be greatly multiplied through you. The father is as present in you as he is in me. You guys, these are some of the most powerful words that have ever been spoken. Let me say it again. The father, this is Jesus speaking about you. The father is as present in you as he is in me. Okay. This is the truth. This is a timeless truth. This is an eternal truth about you. This is not a truth that you can discern with your physical senses. This is not a truth that you can check your feelings to see if it's true. It's true because it's finished because Jesus Christ has done it. It is absolutely true. It's an eternal truth about you. But the reason why we don't see greater works happening in the body of Christ is because if we're really honest, we don't actually believe this. We doubt this. We don't think that the father is as present in us as he was in Jesus. We don't think that the fullness of the Godhead, the very Trinity of God, the, the, the Godhead that was in the beginning speaking, saying, let there be light, right, is the one that is still available to your situation and speaking has the power to speak through you to the situation. 
And so what happens is we have doubt, we have unbelief because we don't believe this basic truth. This is the basic truth. This is the foundation of Christianity, you guys. This is not advanced stuff. This is the milk of the word of God. This is the word of righteousness. And if we are not skilled in the word of righteousness, then we're still babes. We're still in need of milk. And the milk is the father is as present in you as he is in Jesus. The fullness of the Godhead is in you. The miracle worker is alive in you. Every single miracle that Jesus did, every single, every single, uh, uh, work that he accomplished on the cross through his burial and his resurrection. All of that is, is true, you guys. But many times we see ourselves as victims. We see ourselves as separate from God. We see ourselves, we identify with the one in need of a miracle instead of the one who is the miracle worker. And I get it. You can be in both roles, meaning you can you can be in need of a miracle in the natural, but you are also the miracle worker in the natural. Okay? I pulled out a couple of resources today that I wanted to share on our podcast. And um the first one is I'm trying to think which way to go first. I, the first one that I want to share is actually a lesson from Emerge. And it's in um week 2 of the curriculum. And if you have not spoken to us about Emerge, I'm going to put the link in the bottom of our broadcast today. I'll put it on the, there's a way to get it on when you look at it on the blog, uh, when it's posted there, that you can schedule a breakthrough call with us because I'm going to tell you, if you don't know these truths and you don't know who you are in Christ, well, Emerge School of Transformation is a powerful three-month experience for you to get established in that. But I'm going to just pull out, I pulled out something today from Emerge Lesson. And it's from a lesson called Rewriting Your God Story. And it's in from the appendix in that lesson. And it is a list of all of the miracles that Jesus did in his earthly ministry. Because if Jesus said that we're going to do the same works that he did and greater works than he did, well, maybe it makes sense to be a student of miracles. You know, I have been a student of miracles, a student of the gospel at this point. I mean, my goodness, well over 20 years, okay? And I have seen some phenomenal things in those 20 years. I have seen missing organs regenerated and recreated. I have seen uh, people that had surgically removed parts removed out of their ear. They could physically, did not have the parts to be able to hear, start to hear again. I have seen entire deaf homes emptied. I have seen uh, people come off of dialysis. I have seen people who suffered with chronic pain uh, for decades, totally healed in an instant. I have seen uh, drug addicts immediately become sober in an instant. I have seen uh, people who could not see just simply sitting in a class that I was teaching at Romans 5, all of a sudden be able to read their Bible without their glasses. Okay, I have seen uh, broken bones healed. I have seen incredible physical healings over the course of the last 20 years. And I've also received incredible financial breakthroughs. I have received uh, checks out of the blue from people for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, I have I have seen God do the most amazing things in people's lives. I have spoken to people 
that have been extremely broken, extremely suffering. As when I say spoken, it's prayed over people and ministered to people and seen them go into a trance. And literally it's like they left the room and it was just their body left there with me. And I'm like twiddling my thumbs, not knowing what to do, but trusting that God was doing something in their life. And then, then when they came back, they were completely in their right mind. I have seen people crippled with arthritis running uh, for the first time in decades. I have seen so many things, but I will tell you is that the one thing that, that maybe is different than you and I is that I decided that I was going to, and I mean, with the help of the Holy Spirit, obviously the Holy Spirit's the one that led me to these decisions, that I was going to have a, uh, I was going to make a focus to really understand the gospel. I was going to follow the Holy Spirit into believing what he believed about me. I was going to follow the Holy Spirit into the truth that set me free to be a son of God. And so by studying the miracles of Jesus, here's what we do a lot of times when we read the gospels is we identify with the wrong person. Okay. We identify with the woman who has the issue of blood rather than Jesus who had the anointing of healing in his clothes, in his garment. Okay. When I used to teach healing classes uh, live, I did this for many years. I would always do a demonstration for everybody in the it, that was listening, and I would we would we would we would demonstrate. We'd bring someone up to the front. I'd say, okay, who wants to be Jesus in this example? And I'd bring somebody up to the front, and then I would say, okay, who wants who needs healing? And then we'd bring someone who needs healing up to the front. And I said, okay, you're not going to say anything right now. We're just going to stand on the scripture in John 14, 12 that says we'll do the same works as Jesus. And you're just going to, you're just going to hold on to this person's clothes. You're going to touch this person's clothes and you're going to draw out the anointing of Jesus that exists on them because Christ is in them. Okay, guys, this I know can stretch your faith, but time and time and time again, Okay, we saw people get healed from two believers standing up in the front, being willing to be, uh, you know, guinea pigs in this experiment to show that we will do the same works as Jesus. You know, and this is the thing. We don't see our clothes as anointed. But and here's the other thing. This is so powerful. The anointing is on you and can flow through you without you even being aware of it. Jesus was not aware that the woman with the issue of blood was the one who touched his garment. In fact, he said and looked at everyone and said, who touched me? I felt virtue go out of me. Right. So he didn't even know who was touching him. You know, just I don't know, maybe a few months ago, I went to dinner with a friend and we were just talking and, you know, just having fun at dinner. And she, you know, called me the next day and said, hey, you know what? I, I was completely healed last night having dinner with you. Like I have been having real issues. I think she was having it in her knee or hip. I can't even remember now. She says, but I've not, I've been having trouble going up and down the stairs. And man, I got up and I, I just I didn't even notice it. I got down the stairs and I was like, whoa, I am healed. Right. Why? Because our very presence is the presence of Christ. Our very, our very uh, uh, clothes that we wear have the anointing of Jesus. And so what I'm suggesting that you do is that you become a student of miracles as well and that you get out. I made this chart myself. I did not download this from somewhere. I literally went and looked at, I think I had a cross-reference Bible. Like I had a, one of those Bibles that has all of the you know passages in the same place. So it would cross-reference it. So I did have a shortcut, but I went and I basically made a list of all of the miracles of Jesus. And then I put where they were found in the gospels. So I'm just going to pick one here, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Okay, that's found in Matthew 8, 14 through 15. It's found in Mark 1, 29 through 31. 
And it's found in Luke 4, 38 through 39. And so my suggestion is, you guys, is that you go and you read those passages of scripture, but you don't read them through the lens of you're someone that needs healing. You read them through the lens of your union with Jesus so that it's you, the one that is healing Peter's mother-in-law, right? This is called meditative reading of scripture. It's where you engage your imagination with a scripture in, in with a passage in scripture and you insert yourself into it and you let the scene come alive, right? You use all of your spiritual senses, right? So you imagine it, you step into the scene with Jesus, but you are now one with Jesus. So you're, you and Jesus are in union in this. And so you, you, you begin to smell the air. What does this air smell like? You look around. What does, what does the house that Peter's mother was in look like? What is the bed that she was laying in? Look at, look like. Um, it, it, what, what, what was it, you know, what was wrong with her body? And, and you just begin to feel the anointing that is, that is inside of you. You, you recognize that the presence of the Holy spirit is in you. Okay. And then, and then you see, you rebuke that fever, right? And you can rebuke it in your imagination. And you say, you know, in Jesus name, come out and you experience that miracle. And why that is so powerful is because your brain and your body, they don't know the difference between a real and an imagined experience. Your imagination is so, so powerful. That's why Jesus, or I'm sorry, that's why the father told Abram to change his name to Abraham and to go out and look at the stars and to look at the, the sand on the seashore. Why? Because he was getting, getting him to visualize his offspring, that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars and his body began to regenerate. You guys, I was reading uh, some some uh, studies recently. I think I was reading it to some of my students, and I was sharing a study that they published that was about some old men who were in their 70s, some older men, I don't want to say old, but they were older men who were in their 70s, and they did this experiment. There were two groups of them, and one of them, they would send on these week-long retreats. And the other one, they would have them imagine, right? But there were two groups. One, they would send on these week-long retreats where they would go back in time, quote unquote. And they would, they, they went back into like the 50s. And so everything in this retreat was like the 50s. The furnishings were from the 50s. The television shows were from the 50s. The radio shows, they were listening to ball games that were, were happening in the 50s. Everything was exactly like it was, reading the news from the 50s. And they were immersing themselves in an experience that, that was like the 50s. And then the other control group was simply imagining and reminiscing about themselves as young men. Now, what was crazy about this is that every single time that week was over, these men experienced age reversal. Okay, some of them, arthritis had left their body. They were more flexible than they had been. Some of them grew taller, like the effects of aging in their height were reversed. Okay, this is just a principle of what it, how human beings are designed to operate. Okay, what we meditate on is experience in our physical bodies. And so it's not that you're trying to get more power. It's not that you're trying to get anointed by someone. When you are anointed with, by someone, the reason why that works and it stirs up, I'm not saying that impartation isn't real, but there is also a belief. There's a placebo effect that works with that. And you believe that you're more anointed. You believe that the presence of God has come to you in a greater measure. And I'm not saying that it, something hasn't actually happened. It has. We have a supernatural way to impart gifts. There is the supernatural impartation. 
But I'm just demonstrating right here with the study, the power of meditation, the power of going into the scriptures and beginning to visualize and beginning to experiencing yourself as a miracle worker through your union with Jesus and seeing yourself do the same works that Jesus did. Okay. I've had, um, I've heard stories. Um, one of them was from Andrew Womack, who has raised someone from the dead, who had a recur. I think it was a recurring dream. If not, it was at least a dream where he raised someone from the dead. And so when he encountered someone who had passed unexpectedly, the very first thing he did was just say, rise in Jesus name. It came out of him without him even thinking. And this person was totally raised from the dead. Why? Because there was an inner image of him raising the dead. This is the same principle that I talked about with you guys in the past where, you know, I had, I was having serial miscarriages and the Holy Spirit said, you know, you have a miscarriage image. You need to visualize yourself nine months pregnant, walking, walking in the garden with me, living above the curse before the curse ever entered the earth, because barrenness is part of the curse. And I want you to experience yourself carrying to full term. And you guys, I have two kids today. And even though I'd had three miscarriages, and because of this inner experience where I began to see and experience myself, the way that Jesus sees me, the way that the father sees you, the way that Holy Spirit sees you. And so developing the self-image of a miracle worker, de developing the self-image of your union with Jesus is extremely powerful. And the truth is that most of us are not meditating on the truth throughout the day. We are meditating on the problems. We are meditating on uh, the seen realm and the circumstances. And we're, 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 we're focused on the wrong things. And so taking the miracles of Jesus, if Jesus said, you know, that you're going to do the same things, well, then we should probably experience those. It's why in Emerge, we do these things called awakenings. We have 40 awakenings in Emerge that you that you go through over the course of the program where you are literally just sitting back in a, in a recliner or whatever, and I'm just taking you on a prophetic experience of doing miracles, of experiencing abundance, because, because what it's doing is it's bypassing, right, your logical mind, and it's getting into your brain and your body in a way that it will manifest, so we need to meditate. We need to focus on the truth. And let me say this. When now when you're faced with a, with a situation, right, you'll immediately recall a miracle that Jesus did. The Holy Spirit will bring back the things that Jesus has said, and you'll begin speaking just like Jesus because you've developed that identity. You know, time and time again, I've shared on my podcast about how the Holy Spirit led me into a year-long meditation project of just meditating Christ in you, the hope of glory from Colossians chapter one, right? And he just had me meditating on that and meditating on that and how he had me go to the mirror and say, stare at yourself until you can see Jesus's eyes of fire from Revelation chapter one, staring back at you. And guys, as I began to engage in that meditation and engage in seeing myself uh, from the place of Jesus, you know, it, it, in, is in a Shalise suit and it's the resurrected Jesus in a Shalise suit. You guys, the same realm began to respond to my self image. And in the same way, Jesus would just walk into a place and demoniacs would run toward him and say, towards him and say, you know, Jesus, have you come to torture us or whatever before it's time? Right? Why? The demonic actually began to run to Jesus. There were people screaming out, right? And those things began to happen to me. 
Why? Because the seen realm recognizes a son of God. The seen realm creation sees what we see. Our self-image is projected onto the canvas of creation. This is why in Numbers 33, uh, when the, the spies came back after looking in the looking at the promised land and saw the great big fruit and saw the harvest, and they came back and they said, but there's giants in the land. And they are much bigger than us. We are as grasshoppers. And so we are in their sight. Meaning the giants saw them how they saw themselves. You guys, this is a spiritual principle. We exalt Jesus. We believe in who he is. And we believe in who he is in us, right? And we rehearse these things. We rehearse our new identity. We rehearse being a miracle worker. We rehearse, it's us speaking to the fig tree and coming back the next day. And the, the, the tree has dried up at the root. We rehearse being at the wedding and we, we, we see, oh, we've run out of wine and we rehearse seeing the servants get the water pots and we rehearse seeing that water transformed into wine, right? We use our spiritual eyes. We use our, the faculty of our imagination. We are created in God's image with an imagination because it's creative, our imagination is created. It's the womb of the spirit. And I can tell you after decades of praying for people, and I mean, even for people to be raised from the dead, I can, I can, I could actually discern when I am focused on Jesus and I am focused on the victory and I'm seeing my words. It's almost like I see spirit words come out of my mouth and I see the thing in front of me transforming as I'm speaking to it. You'll see the manifestation begin to happen. But when you get your, your focus off of that, you get into a separated space, you get into a place of where you're doubting it, you don't know if you're God and all that stuff. Well, guess what? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening because we are, we are not operating out of the image of God inside of us. You are divine. You are more powerful than you have ever imagined. But it is time to engage our imagination, to engage with the word of God that is alive and see ourselves as miracle workers. Jesus was not mincing his words. He was serious. He was telling his disciples, you're going to do these things. And when we go into the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, let me tell you, when the power of the Holy Spirit hit those boys, it was 120 people. So there were women in there too. But I'm telling you, when that happened, Peter went from being afraid of a spirit of a, of a, of a servant girl right? Denying Jesus three times to preaching to the multitudes. What happened? He was empowered with the Holy Spirit. He had a, a the, the new creation became alive in him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we begin to see all kinds of miracles happening. The apostle Paul raising people from the dead. We see, uh, you know, blind men getting healed. We see all kinds of miracles in the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit in the apostles. It's the acts of the church. It's the acts of the body of Christ continuing the works of Jesus and doing even greater things because now Christ was alive in them. And so becoming a miracle worker is all about an identity shift. Okay, is about shifting your identity away from woe is me, uh, victim me. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to not be empathetic, but empathy is not the, the, the energy that miracles are wrought from. Okay, empathy and compassion can be towards others, right? We can have compassion towards others, but when we are wanting people to feel sorry for us or we're feeling sorry for ourselves, we are in a very powerless state. And this is something that if you are in, contradictions or you are standing for the manifestation of a miracle in someone else, we've got to get out of this place where we think God is holding back from us, where we think God should have already shown up and done the miracle because we know if Jesus was on the scene, it would have already been done. And the truth is 
Jesus is on the scene because he's in you. And the issue really is, is that we have not developed the self-image of our union with Jesus. We have not developed our self-image of being one with Jesus. And so many times we are, we are waiting on the manifestation of something rather than meditating on the truth about who we are and seeing us transform the situation through our union with Jesus. This is such a sneaky deception, you guys. And I know that when you are in situations that need miracles or you are it, you're standing for someone that needs a miracle, there is great pressure. There is human, our humanity shows up. And I'm not here to condemn that. I mean, if anything, Jesus really is in that with us. Really, really in that with us. Jesus has felt that pressure. Jesus has felt that emotion. Jesus feels it inside of you because he's inside of you experiencing your life with you. So Jesus knows how to minister to, to your emotions. We have angels that are available to minister to our emotions, just like they did to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So I'm not here to condemn your humanity. I'm here to say uh, that you are not alone in your humanity and that there is a place of strengthening. There is a place of remembering who you are. There is a place of surrendering to the plan and to the will and to the power of God in your own garden of Gethsemane under the stress that you're under. And you can remember who you are and you can stand in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit ministered to by angels and you can proceed to face whatever situation that you're in in the power of the the Holy Spirit. And so, beloved, going into these miracles, let me we'll just read a couple more here, right? Um, uh, the healing of the centurion servant, okay? That's in two places, Matthew 8, 5 through 13, and Luke 7, 2 through 10. And when you become a student of the miracles, you know, you'll look at these miracles and go, okay, what's the principle that, that the Holy Spirit wants me to learn from this, okay? Well, in the healing of the centurion servant, the principle is that words are powerful, right? Because the centurion just said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. The principle here is that there's no distance in the spirit. There's no distance in the quantum realm. Remote healing works. You can speak something uh, to someone around the globe and it immediately can manifest. Um, I remember I've shared this testimony before, but it's worth just demonstrating this principle. Um, we had, uh, this was years ago when I had a K through 12 school when we were pastoring. And we were having a team meeting and one of our team leaders was coming to the meeting after dropping off their kids at the school and one, she was carpool, she was carpooling with a couple of kids. And one of the kids was very distraught because his father, who was in the service, was over in the Middle East and had gone into a coma. And so this, this team member came in very distraught, wanting us to pray. And I remember very distinctly that morning getting the agenda for the meeting and in that moment, I had to make a decision. Am I going to go with the agenda that God gave me that morning, or am I going to stop and pray for this person? Now, listen, this, whew, I'm not saying there's anything wrong in stopping and praying for someone. But what I am saying is that Jesus was always on the Father's agenda. And I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit, no stick to the agenda I gave you, okay? And truthfully, in that moment, I didn't, I didn't have anything to pray for that situation. Not that if I wouldn't have started to pray, I couldn't have gotten it or God couldn't have adjusted it. I mean, heck, in the when when Jesus turned the water into wine, Mary just pressed him until the miracle happened. So I'm not trying to make a rule out of this. I'm just telling you what happened. And so I went along with the meeting. 
And again, I, at the time there were all these like internal thoughts in my head, like, oh my gosh, you're not a very good Christian. You, you don't have any compassion for this situation. You're just all about work. You're just all about, you know, I mean, all of these things in my head, but honestly, God, I, guys, I was waiting on the Holy spirit. And so it didn't happen until that next morning. And that next morning, before, as I was coming out of sleep, I had a vision. I had like that kind of an imagination when you're coming out of that sleep, you know, that, that zone of sleep. And what I saw was I saw this team member, honestly, in prayer. And I saw her go in the spirit over to the Middle East, walk into the room, breathe on this uh, uh, child's father. And, and as she breathed on him, say, live. And he woke up. Okay. So I just simply, I'm still in bed, reached over on my phone, texted this person and said, hey, I just had a vision, explained the vision to them and said, this miracle has your name on it. Go for it next time you're in prayer. So that day she went into prayer and just lived out what I had shared in that vision. She went into the spirit, traveled in the spirit over to where this uh, man was in a coma. She said she walked into the door of the hospital room. And when she did, she could feel a presence behind her. She turned around and it was Jesus standing in the door. And then Jesus came and stepped into her, meaning this place of union, this, 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 this realization of union happened in this vision. And then her and Jesus as one walked over, they blew on this man. And she said she knew in the spirit that in three days he was going to wake up. And so she came out of the vision. She said in three days, he's going to wake up. And you know what happened? In three days, he woke up. Right. So why am I sharing that? Because that's the principle that you one of the principles that you learn from the healing of the centurion ser servant, that there's no distance in the spirit. Now, every single time you pray for someone like in that situation, you gain experience. You gain experience, not just from the scriptures and stepping in and seeing yourself as the miracle worker, but you gain experience every single time you step into the place of being a miracle worker. Every single time you speak to something, you speak to a victory, you speak to a storm, you learn something. And so we are still being discipled by the Holy Spirit. We are still learning how to do the same works as Jesus and even greater works. But I felt like today, my job was to encourage you to get into the place of meditation and experiencing your true identity in Christ and experiencing Jesus moving through you, Jesus doing the work through your words, through your hands, through your clothing, and start to see yourself as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Now, I also wanted to remind you of a couple of other resources, right? So we have in our Path to Purpose group, we have those posted. I believe that they're on my website. I'll go ahead and put them up again. But there are a couple of other resources that I want to that I've created for you. One is called My True Identity in Christ. And it's um, a, you know, two pages of scriptures that you can begin to meditate on and speak over yourself that will have you uh, that will help you rather get established in who you are in Christ. And, and I'm just going to read a few of them to get a, an idea of this because they're all in first person. OK, the first one says here, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20. And I recommend that you speak these over yourself, but I also recommend that you take a moment and actually meditate on it. Visualize your crucifixion with Christ. Visualize the passion of Jesus. Visualize, you know, as he was hanging on the tree, that you, the old you, was hanging on the tree with him, that you were crucified, the old you, that sinful you, that, that unworthy you, that, that you that you were programmed to believe that you are, was crucified with Jesus. 
I also have this one in the mirror translation after that. And here's what this one says. I'm a dead and alive at the same time. I'm dead to the old me I was trying to be and alive to the real me, which is Christ in me. Co-crucified, now co-alive. What a glorious entanglement. I was in him in his death and now he is infused in me and my life. And what I'm encouraging you to do, guys, is not just gloss over these. Yes, reading them, declaring them. Are, it's very powerful. Life is in, our, in the power of our tongue. But I also want to say enter into the scriptures. Meditate your new identity. I'm dead and alive at the same time. Holy Spirit, what does that look like? Give me a mental picture of that. Show me. Give me an analogy of that. How do I, how do I internalize this? How do I experience that, Lord? How do I, how, like a zombie? Am I a walking dead person? <laughs> you know, like but mental images help you and make have fun with it. You know, this doesn't have to be all holy and religious. No, this is, the Holy Spirit has a great sense of humor and laughing about something. Keep, I mean, Jesus in a Shalise suit, like a Halloween costume. That's funny to me. And when the Holy Spirit said that to me, it really made my union with Jesus come alive. So be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to show you as you dive in into these, these scriptures and you use the faculty of your imagination to make them real. And remember, just like I told you about that study with these, these guys that were in their 70s, our bodies respond, the scene realm respond to our meditation, to our focus. It's the way we're recreated, the way we've been created in the image of God to function. So there's two pages of these scriptures for you to meditate on. And then there's also a daily declaration that I did way back when um, it was back, I think, at the beginning of the year when I was talking about the divine reset in the uh, word of the year for 2023 in January. And I created just a daily declaration that you can do that's called the separation mindset reset. Okay. And it's just a one pager that you can read through. I'll put these resources again, they're in the path to purpose group. I'll make sure that we post them on the podcast page when it goes live so that you have these three resources. I'll include the, the miracles of Jesus. I'll include these other resources. Why? Because I want you to be able to step into your true identity as a miracle worker. You guys, the world is in need of miracles. The word of God is meant to be preached. The gospel is meant to be preached with signs and wonders following. We are more powerful than we've imagined. We are the very presence of God wherever we are. And the more that we uh, meditate on that and focus on that and realize that and believe that, the more miracles that you will see uh, when you pray and when you get out of that idea that you're separated from God, out of that idea that you're powerless, that God's up somewhere in heaven, you know, maybe going to answer your prayer and realize that you are the answer to prayer, right? That you are the answer to someone's prayer. Your prayers are the, the manifestation of heaven on earth. Well, then it shifts everything. So that's it for today, you guys. I pray that this series has blessed you. I encourage you to go back and listen to it again and do this homework. Do this homework. Pretend that you're in a merge with me today and do what we call your digging deeper exercise. And lastly, if you want to be in a merge and you want to you know, hear more about that, schedule a breakthrough call with us and don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything stop you from your destiny, from discovering your purpose, from, from determining uh, that, that you're going to agree with God and that all things are actually possible when you believe and that your dreams are valid because God put them in your heart and you have everything inside of you needed to accomplish them because all of heaven is inside of you. So it's time for an identity shift, an identity reset into a miracle worker, into a world changer, because the Christ in you is more powerful than, than we have ever imagined. And it's time for him to be released through you. In Jesus' name, I declare that over you.
All right, we'll talk to you later, guys. Much love. Have a supernatural week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.